Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast where we watch Blizzard and its various games. Uh, I'm Matt Rossi, I'm the host, and with me this week are two simply fantastic co-hosts. They don't have powers over, like, you know, Earth or Fire, and they can't turn invisible or stretch, but they're still pretty fantastic. I'm going to keep using fantastic because I like that word quite a bit. First up, she writes just about everything for the site, uh, Ann Stickney. What have you been up to this weekend? Um, Legion, mostly. Like, mostly, and then for some reason, I, well, no, not for some reason. Okay, so Pokemon Sun and Moon is coming out, like, next month, and they just released a demo for it this morning. In the interests of, like, oh, I'm interested in playing Pokemon Sun and Moon, uh, I picked up and I started playing Pokemon X again. And I haven't played it in, like, a couple of years, but I decided, Psh, why not? I'm just going to go ahead and play through this again. So I'm having fun with that, too. And then I, because it was on my 3DS, I actually went back and revisited my town in Animal Crossing New Leaf. And it wasn't as horrific as I thought it would be, but, yeah, Hasn't nope. quite fallen to a Mad Maxi and have you know destruction. You yeah, know, they are. None of the animals are eating each other just yet, but the place is a mess, and I had to clean it up. <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid to go back into any of my towns in Fallout. I stopped playing Fallout Four a while back, and I'm afraid to go and look at what happened to the towns while <laughs> I was gone. There's that. There's always that. You know, you mouse over the icon and you go, "Wow, it's been a while." Ooh, do I really want to go look? Do I really? I've... I built this like truck stop with like it literally has as many gun mounts around the place as can be put in in a Fallout 4 city. They're all automated. They just shoot anything that comes near. Right. I'm terrified at the mountain of corpses that's going to be around this town. <laughs> it, the, the whole town is basically just a place where I put my power armor because I have like 25 suits of power armor all up on display. And I figure like if you're a wasteland raider, you're going to want to come steal my power armor. Right. But you're going to get shot because there's just so many guns. Oh, so yeah, no. I'm afraid that the, the mountain of raiders is going to be dead all around that truck stop. But yeah, also with this this week is he's he's a living legend because he is the editor in chief of the site, and thus uh, I have to say these things about him. He's Alex Zebart. Alex, what have you been up to this week? Aside from being a legend, um, Legion is slowly losing its grip on me, and I've been playing Cares of the Storm a little bit again. Uh, but uh, Fallout Four, you know, my problem is with those towns. I wall in my settlement completely. There's no way in, completely covered in turrets. Everybody in my town has, like, the best gear I can possibly find or, or, or like, create. And a settlement's under attack, and I run back. And er 
the raiders spawn inside the walls. Uh, how did this happen? How did you get in there? Like, did you tunnel? Do raiders get drop ships that like went I was over my say, walls? Did they dig a hole or? No, uh, it's they're like drop bears, but raiders. Fallout, please don't let me completely wall in a settlement if you're just gonna spawn them in the walls. Why? But yeah, Heroes of the Storm playing Zarya is awesome. That's all. Well, okay. I guess at this point we should talk about top stories then. Yeah. The, the really big one I'm gonna just start with is that patch 7.1 is coming next week. Yeah. Yep. I don't get it. I'm sorry. I have nightmare flashbacks to Missa Pandaria, which at the time I thought it was great. Yeah, we're getting patches a lot. We're getting patches really fast. But even then, we didn't get a patch two months after the game dropped. Well, we got, I don't know, the PTR the PTR for 5.1 came out relatively quickly, if I remember correctly. Yeah, but not that quickly. It was it was at least four months before the, that I patch I thought it dropped. was did almost five... right after launch that it hit the PTR. I was going to say, it was right after launch, but did, did 5.1, did that hit before or after BlizzCon? Because I think that's where our, no, wait. Yeah, did it hit before or after BlizzCon? I don't remember. That was four years ago now. Yeah. That's ancient history. Well, at any rate, though, it's still, it's bringing back memories of all the content patches, like 5.1, then 5.2 almost immediately after, then 5.3, which didn't have a ton of content, but still had content, and then 5.4, pretty pretty hard upon it, and then nothing for over a year. Okay, Discreet in the chat channel says that 5.1 came out, it was two months after launch, so... So this is on this is on par with that. And yeah. It's just, it's like, I don't I don't want you to do that, Blizzard. I want you to remember <laughs> Missa Pandaria and space this stuff out more. Okay. G- give it to me a month more down the road. On the one it's- hand, I understand that because I think we're all in like one way or another having little like flashbacks to Missa Pandaria and going, this is good, but the last time it was good like this, then it got bad. It got really bad. Is it going to get bad? Can we enjoy yeah. the good, or do we have to like look forward to the bad? And nobody quite knows how to handle it. I'm looking at it from this perspective. Warlords had barely any updates to it at all. Oh, it it's took certainly forever. better than Warlords. I, I it, will totally it, it took forever. So compared to that, this is a breath of fresh air. Now, I, I, I can't predict the future. So I don't know if we're going to get like that one year of no content whatsoever. I really hope we don't because that was terrible. But, yeah, I, I've got I'm going to remain cautiously optimistic because they all seem to understand what was what people didn't like about the end of Missa Pandaria. The fact that it didn't actually have one. So, like, right. OK, there's the fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. Right. I feel like I've been fooled like three or four times now <laughs> and like commenting on it makes me feel like I'm just going to be sound like an idiot. And even, like, caring about it kind of makes me feel like I'm going to be an idiot because I've had my heart broken so many times. So it's like, okay, Blizzard's either going to do the same thing they always do or they're not. And I just have to wait and see. And if they do the same thing they always do, well, then we kind of knew what we were getting into, didn't we? Right. And I'm not really going to look towards, oh, no, what's going to happen a year down the road or whatever. I'm going to focus on, hey, 7.1 is coming out next week, and it's got all kinds of new stuff and interesting things. So I'm just going to enjoy that. You know, it's here. I'm going to enjoy it. And I'm straight up going to be the guy saying now so that when it if it does happen, I get to say, I told you guys, because that's me. I'm going to be that guy. They should (laughs) wait till the end. But that's not the person I am. So should wait till the end of November to put this patch out. It's. Even if even if forget for a moment content droughts, don't even think about that. 
I feel like I've not even had enough time to get done with everything I'm doing. Yeah. And now we're going to have – I'm really afraid of statements like the end of the Suramar storyline, which they have said several times. We're going to yeah. give, give you the end of the Suramar storyline. I don't want there to be an end to the Suramar storyline. <laughs> I'm still in the middle of it. I don't want it to finish just yet. I don't want to, I don't even care about how far along I am in it. The reason I don't want there to be an end to it is because this is the first time that there has been consistent stuff to do always. Yeah. You know, if I had, if I've done all my world quests in a day, if I've run the dungeons I want to run, if I've raided, if I've got nothing else to do, I could always go back to Suramar and there would be stuff to do. Yeah. I've, I've been taking my time. I haven't even unlocked the mythics yet. I have the quests to unlock them. But I'm taking my time. I only yeah, go do that I've stuff got, when I'm tired. That's where I'm at right now is I have the quest to go do the mythics. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I have quests to go in there. But, I mean, even when I'm not doing those, there's always, like, little quests popping up around the city. And I do love going into the city because I like skulking around <laughs> and oh. just poking around and seeing what's there and talking to people and checking I'm out not... all the vendors and pretending I live there. The thing is, Suramar, one of the things that I've noticed about Suramar is that many times when I look at Suramar on the map, I don't see world quests there. But when I go in there, one pops up. Right. Yeah. That happens quite a lot. Where I go in and they're like, no, we need you to do this thing. I'm That's like, all everywhere. Right. That's everywhere. Yeah. Like, I've found when I'm like on my way to go do a world quest that is very clearly on the map, as I'm traveling to it, all of a sudden, another one will pop up on the screen. And it's one that wasn't even on my map. It just happens to be there. So I'm like, oh, I guess in my down, I guess running around and exploring the Broken Isles really isn't a bad idea because stuff just keeps happening, you know? It, That's one of the reasons I don't want, like, I really don't want Suramar to be done. Like, and if it is done, I want them to have something else ready to go in 7.2 or 7.3. Yeah, I don't want, I don't want an end to the Suramar storyline because that implies that there's no more. And I would like there to be more. Yeah, um, I really like that city. I don't want it to go away like ever. <laughs> I'm, I'm not personally like I don't feel like I need a great like I'm not hungry for content right now. Uh, I feel like it's fine. But at the same time, when I'm thinking like, what do I have left to do that I want to do? There's not much, honestly, Like as somebody who doesn't write anymore. Like I'll just see it in LFR and I don't PVP all the other stuff like I've done it and I've experienced it. And that's kind of why I'm checking out of Leech. Like, I'm still playing a little bit every day, but it's less, oh, I'm going to play for X number of hours, or I'm going to spend my gaming time today just playing Legion. I've been doing other stuff because I feel like I have done the things available to me in Legion. Yeah, I think for people who have alts that they're pursuing more, that that's less of an thing, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, I even, yeah, I have been playing alts a little bit, a little bit, but I've also been like, you know what? I just did all this Legion stuff. I don't want to jump, like, all the way into an alt already i feel like that's going to be a really good way to burn myself out on legion is it just okay get this to 110 get this to 110 get this to 110 i don't want to yeah, do that i want to see like the stories so I, i'm more interested in pursuing it than that but yeah i've been poking around with alts because they're like really fun <laughs> but uh, one of the things like also coming in this patch besides besides you know the surma storyline we, we've got the the mythic dungeon the mythic only karazhan dungeon coming in the yeah. mega dungeon i did it just to annoy it. uh and we've also got the Trial of Valorade. I'm going to say this right now. Odin, I've now proved myself to you three freaking right? times. I do not need another fight where I prove myself to Odin. If he doesn't, if I'm not proved to Odin at this point, the dude is crazy. 
It makes even less sense if you're a warrior because you're like his chosen dude already. Yeah, it's I, I don't know how much more I like. Do I have to marry your daughter at this point? Like, what do you what do you want, Odin? And I don't but, even like him. No, no, he's a jerk. I don't want to prove myself to him. He's kind of a jerk, and the whole situation is dumb. But uh, I'm one of the few people that I don't like Odin. I think he's a jerk, but I don't like Helya either because every time I've interacted with Helya, she's just not. No, I do not like this person. She's okay. a little rude. But she has cool hair. Like She if, does have cool hair. When you put Odin and Helia next to each other, and they're both terrible people doing terrible things, you're like, dude, okay. I'm sorry. You're talking to the dude who's basically into beards about as much as any human being could be. So I'm kind of always going to go with the dude with the beard but that's it on it doesn't fire. even look like a good beard. It's just a blob of red on his face. It could be <laughs> a giant, disgusting zit, for all I know, by the way it's rendered in WoW. Helia's hair, meanwhile, looks awesome. I like and, how we've gotten to the point where we're, you know, we're these just... people are both jerks. I mean, come on, are we, we supposed to like one of them? It's yeah, like, I mean, it's like we've gone people. from talking about who they are and what they've done to like. Do you remember that really old website that was like rate my photo or whatever? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> That's what you're doing with these guys right now. <laughs> There's nothing redeeming about either of them, and like fighting for Odin doesn't make me feel cool or anything. It's like, like, yeah, I'm fighting with this. No, like, I don't really want to help him. <laughs> I wouldn't mind replacing Odin. That'd be cool. But, you know, then again, then I'd be prime designate and have to worry about alcohol on coming back. It's prime like, designate. Oh, God. Alcohol. Can we get a replace... third party in here and, like, get rid of both of them? If you replace Odin, does that mean you get his beard? I hope not. That thing's terrible. I, I already have it. Okay. But, um... Going back to like this feels like there's so much to talk about in this, this patch that I I feel like we could do the entire show about it. But um, the Carazon dungeon that we, that's going to be pretty amazing. I think uh, I I haven't gotten a chance to see much of the inside of it yet, so I don't really know too much. But I'm looking forward to it. I, I'll probably start using Group Finder just so I can see it, or try and nag my guildmates into doing it. What do you guys think? Are you interested? Are you ready? Um yeah, it's Carazon. Of course I'm going to go there. <laughs> I suspect uh, I want to run it. I really do. I suspect I won't for a very long time because uh, it sounds like it's more of a time investment that I want to give on a night. I mean, if it's huge and I have to have the same people to go in with if I break it up into multiple nights, that's a, a kind of a hard sell at my point in my current point in life. Um, I don't know. I want us to hit 110 on our stream characters so that we can go do it. That's well, probably the only way I will end up doing it. Because even when I do, like, I'm like, yes, I'm going to do Mythics tonight. And, like, my guild has people doing Mythics, but it's always kind of, like, the same stable of people doing it. And right. I'm not in it with that group. So if I was like, hey, can I go, guys? Somebody would get left out. And I don't really want to do that either because they've just been doing it. I want them to be able to continue doing it. No, I got you. I, I think, honestly, I mean, I'm I'm 109. I won't get to play this week on the stream. But I'm sure we'll all be 110 fairly soon. If not, bye patch 7.1 and the week after we See, should be pretty quick yeah, there's blizzcon yes i, I do know yeah that. yeah we're not we're not streaming from blizzcon sorry my laptop does not run that kind of thing uh, i have a chromebook and it doesn't do anything it's yeah useless. i don't think i can even run world of warcraft on my laptop because it's a writing laptop it's not a gaming laptop <laughs> uh chromebooks completely useless for everything but having the most basic functions but it's cheap so uh, there you go. Oh. I can type I can type words on it, and that's about it, but that's all I need it for. And we right. will never have them endorse the show. So, moving on, though, now there are other things to yeah. talk about news-wise. 
I was actually going to say we should probably talk about the fact that Tom Chilton stepped down and that Ian Hesacostas has taken over his role in World of Warcraft. So um, that's pretty cool. Did we talk about that last week? No, because it happened like right after the show. I didn't think we had, so I wanted to mention it. I, I'm I've been a big fan of Ian for. I, I yeah. Like, I think I like that he's pretty. He's pretty upfront, and he's also pretty. He when he talks to you, he has information. He doesn't just. Say this will be great. He says, "Well, we've done this because of this and this and this and this." So I, I'm happy. What do you guys think? If anyone was to get that position, it should have been him, and I'm so glad that it was because he knows this game like inside and out. And he also, I don't know. There's just something about the way that he talks. He's willing to explain things. I guess he's willing to explain things, and he has this very eloquent way of speaking. I don't know. He like he boils things down to the point where they're reasonably understood, but he also listens to player feedback. I mean, we've seen that he listens to player feedback out over the years and things like that. And when he doesn't take that player feedback, he'll let people know why he's not taking it. So, I mean, there's just this whole in terms of communication with like the player base. He's great. I like he's... him a lot. He kind of lives in that space between, okay, Blizzard's usual thing is to not say anything ever. Right. And then you have guys like when we had Ghostcrawler who was talking all the time, and maybe that wasn't always a good thing. And then Ian kind of is in the middle there, where it seems like it's not unreasonable. Like he talks, and sometimes you want to know more, but it's not total silence, and he's not talking too much and making people angry either. And I mean, doing yeah. interviews and stuff with him, he talks a million miles an hour, but everything that he says is worth saying, you know, he yeah. doesn't, he doesn't waste his words at all. He gets right to the point and he just, he has a really good grasp of the game. Um, so and yeah, very, I'm really excited. Yeah. I'm really excited that he got this position. <laughs> I think something that's important too, is it's clear he plays the game. Oh yeah. When you're listening to him, you could tell he's playing the oh, same absolutely. game. Absolutely. He's he... playing like at home, you know, on his own time or whatever. And every now and then you get a developer who you're like, does this person play this game? But no, Ian is like he puts it in terms like he was there in the game clearing that dungeon and experienced the same thing you did. No, it's that's a very good point too. I don't know. I I'm personally pretty excited about it. I, this is nothing against Tom Shelton. I don't have anything against the man. I wish him, you know, few luck in his future endeavors. And I'm desperate to find out what game they've moved him to. Desperate. I want to know. Yeah, because to yeah, point to make oh, a go. point there, Chilton hasn't like left the company or anything. He's moved to a different somewhere. We don't know where. He's yeah, still with Blizzard. He's just not working on World of Warcraft anymore. So it's like, well, that, where'd you go, buddy? Yeah, the fact <laughs> that we're this close to BlizzCon and they did that and they haven't told us what and. I looked at the schedule. I don't see room for like a like a mystery announcement. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's what I'm curious about. Is it's like you know we had the BlizzCon schedule come out and everything, but there's like there's nothing there that would indicate that they're going to be revealing anything huge, and obviously a new IP or something like that. That would be a big deal. Yeah. So even if he was moving to an old IP, that's a pretty big deal. Like you'd expect something. So I. I'm curious. I would like to know what Tom Shelton is going to be doing at Blizzard. Is he going to Overwatch? Is he going to Diablo? Is he, you know, is there suddenly going to be a new announcement about StarCraft? I mean, what? I don't know. I have no idea. But I'm, I'm very curious because, you know, Tom Shelton was it, you know, he was, he's been doing Wow since he came in in 2004, right? Like just when they were starting the two talents in the Alpha, like that's when he came in. He worked yeah. on talents in the Alpha. He's the guy that decided Wow should have talents and made them. 
Like that, that was his deal. That was the first thing he did on WoW, as far as I remember. So this is a man who's been in this game from the beginning. Uh, so him moving to a new game, that's that's interesting. That's that's something I, you know, he's been at the company for a very long time. I can totally understand after Legion, people wanting to shift to new games. He's not the only one who did shift to a new game either. Um, no. I forget who else. Uh, we were talking about him right after the uh, the Mets in retirement. There was Craig a, Amai. Yeah, Craig Amai is doing something and he doesn't know what yet either. We yeah. don't know what they're doing with Craig Amai either. Craig Amai is also a big a big deal. And I Craig Amai did a lot of We don't know. Yeah, we don't know what Craig Amai is doing, but I don't think he's entirely sure what he's doing either. It sounded like uh, it was less he was like quitting or going to a different company more. He was taking a sabbatical. He's like, oh, I need, I need, you know, he, because he even said he wasn't sure if he was leaving Blizzard or not, but he yeah. was definitely leaving World of Warcraft. So it seems like if he's not sure, it's probably one of those situations where he's like, hey, I need a little time. And they're like, okay, yeah, sure. Take some time. Make your choice. So. Yeah, I, I can, and you can understand that after after developing Legion, people might need a change or a break because this expansion is ridiculously vast. So I can totally see that. But I'm I'm very curious to see what comes out of BlizzCon. This is the BlizzCon that's shaping up to be like, you know, it could be like this huge deal. It could completely change everything. Or it could just be a BlizzCon where like it's, oh, everything's out. Let's let's relax and talk about how cool our stuff is. 2010 yeah, geek is. <laughs> I am a little concerned that that might be the case because, uh, you know, we were looking at all these things that like, okay, well, this game's probably going to do something with this. It's going to probably do something like this. And they did all of those things in like the last week or two. So it's like, what? Do they have something else for BlizzCon or do they have nothing for BlizzCon? I don't know. I mean, there's more than <laughs> enough understand. panels to keep us occupied. So, yeah, but if they're all boring, I don't think they're well, going to be boring. Speaking of BlizzCon I mean, panels, yeah. um, one of the things I actually wanted to mention here is that last week, I think it was Sunday, we published a piece basically speculating, because David Brevik, who's a founder of Blizzard North, uh, did a couple tweets. First tweet was that he was visiting Blizzard, which made sense because they're doing the 20th anniversary of Diablo at BlizzCon this year. So you'd want to have the people that made Diablo uh, involved in that, if at all possible. So both David Brevik and Bill Roper were at Blizzard. Then David Brevik tweeted another thing with a cryptic image of the constellation Libra saying that he was going to be now be involved in shepherding a new Diablo like game. And uh, basically the Diablo fan sites ran with it. And, and we, so we tweeted, we posted about it basically because you know, that that would be a big deal if it was the case this week, he since tweeted, Oh no, I'm not going to work at blizzard. I'm not going to be an advisor on anything at blizzard. I'm not, it's nothing to do with blizzard. So we know David Brevik isn't going to be working on Diablo. Uh, since then, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, he just tweeted he is. No. <laughs> he is currently uh, advising for Path of Exile. Okay, all right. Uh, so, yeah, everybody's like, yay, he's working on Diablo. It's like, nope, he's working on Path of Exile. Okay. Which yeah, is, so... I guess, a Diablo-like. Yeah, it's it's another, it's like Torch, it's like Torchlight or, you know, any of those, so. Dungeon yeah, crawler. he he just kind of got caught up in this perfect storm where the Diablo franchise was teasing like BlizzCon's going to be awesome, you guys. Yeah, and then the schedule came out and people were like, "I'm not seeing anything awesome here." And then Brevik tweeted, and everyone's like, "Is that the thing? Is that what they're talking about?" Please? Are you the awesome? That's yeah, that's <laughs> why I when I when I wrote the article on it, I was very clear to say there was nothing in his tweet that said he was going to work at Diablo or work for Blizzard at all. He did not say that, and that's why I made I made the point. We we had talked about it, yeah. and Alex was like, "This there's it's on the fan site, but it's not there's not a lot of sizzle to this." And I'm like, "Yeah, it doesn't really." So we 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 hedged our bets because you know. Yeah. But that does I mean, kind of take us back yeah. to the point of Diablo right now, dude. What are you doing? 
Yeah, I think people are still hoping that there's like an, a surprise Dark Horse announcement that's going to be hidden in there somewhere, but the schedule really doesn't seem like it. It doesn't. There's no room to accommodate something like that. If if they do it, then they're going to basically have to. It's they did this with Overwatch, but Overwatch there was room in the schedule. Yeah, and there was like room left on the show floor because I mean when they announced it, when they announced the game, it was usually playable right away. Overwatch, it's, they announced it. You could go play it like right after that. Yeah, and um, I think it was Dan O'Halloran who who to, who mentioned in in Slack that the Diablo space on the floor is extremely limited. Yes, if it's way too small for announcing a new game. It's like the Diablo play area is smaller than every other franchise. So if there was a mystery announcement in here, uh, it doesn't reflect that on the schedule. It doesn't reflect that on the show floor map, which means to accommodate a schedule, they would have to be like obfuscating it on both of those. And you're not going to give people a schedule and a map that are wrong. Yeah, because people plan their entire trip around this. Yeah. And for that matter, you know, speaking as a news a site that covers Blizzard, we plan stuff around this. Right. You know, I'm not going to be there, but I'm going to be I'm going to be doing the home team stuff. We we do stuff on purpose to cover this. If suddenly there's an announcement, we don't have anyone to cover it. It's like, oh, God, someone Blizzard wouldn't want that. I mean, no. the purpose of this convention is to be covered. They want people looking at this stuff and talking about this stuff and playing this stuff and getting press to cover these things on their outlets. They wouldn't intentionally obfuscate something like that. So I really don't think there's going to be anything if there is it's going to be inside the stuff that's already there so there's a diablo like anniversary thing there's a diablo dev q a if there's going to be a diablo announcement it will be at those um that that's all we can say and i'm at this point i am not betting on any diablo news yeah because yeah. it just doesn't feel which makes me sad because like, i was kind of like oh diablo stuff that'd be fun yeah yeah um, it's it's like they're their OG trifecta of games, you know, it's like Warcraft, Starcraft, Diablo. And it feels like Warcraft is still going. Diablo sank. Uh, Starcraft 2 is desperately trying to stay afloat. <laughs> and that's kind of sad in, in a, kind of a... It's like the gaming childhood for me is, is those franchises. And only one of them still seems successful in like an ongoing way. They're all very old. Yeah, that's true. They are. They've been around yeah. for quite a while. Yeah, but there are other old franchises still going that are pretty strong. I mean, age doesn't really matter. I mean, they still make Mario games. Come on. That this is true. They don't still make Mario games, or for that matter, Zelda games. Zelda but... games, uh, Call of Duty. I mean, these are all games that have franchises that have been around for a very long time. Heck, I'm looking forward to playing Pokemon next month. So there right. you go. Yeah, about 20 years there too. Uh, but. Oh, we should probably talk about the uh, the SAG-AFTRA strike deal as well. I, I don't basically, um, from what little I understand of it, they, the SAG-AFTRA, which is, represents quite a few, but not not by any stretch of the imagination, all the voice actors who work on video games, they've been working without a contract for years. Like the gaming industry and, and the and SAG-AFTRA don't have a contract, and they haven't since I think 2014. Is that correct? Do you know? Uh, yes, they they had a contract that lasted from 1994 to 2014, which is a 20-year contract that didn't change at all. That seems strange, but okay. And then yeah. 2014, they wanted to renegotiate, and nobody could agree on those negotiations at all. Yeah, so they've been working without it since, and we're looking at this point like SAG-AFTRA is going to call strike. Um, they've, they've basically said, yeah, we're going to strike since we're not getting listened to. 
And uh, it goes back and forth. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I understand the intricacies of it. One thing I do know, though, is one of the demands that sag is making is to limit um, voice sessions to two hours a day. And that's a good idea. Um, from what little I know, mostly from having watched a couple of documentaries about voice acting, voice acting sessions can be brutal on your voice. Um, and especially the ones like people don't really think about this, but there's a lot of sound effects in games. And one of those sound effects is your character getting hit or other characters getting hit. Um, yeah. There's a Grunting, lot of screaming, you know, all of that. And every orc voice ever. Right. Specifically, when you think of Blizzard games, think of like the orcs. Those voices are crazy. Imagine having extremely long recording those are, sessions. Those are not natural voices. You right. can't keep that up indefinitely. You will eventually like lose your voice entirely. Uh, the only such... person who can do it is Patrick Seitz. Like that guy can just keep being an oracle. He's so good. He's so <laughs> good. There was a tweet I saw yesterday that really bothered me. They were like, "They want more pay for less work. You're just talking into a microphone. Be happy." It's like, are you for real? <laughs> People like people think that about everything though. People think that about any job that they have that they don't actually do. When, uh, working as, when, as a voice actor is not easy. And even if you are not just like anything that involves your voice, like people don't realize you can ruin your voice. If you want an example of that, look at a dude who did not have the proper vocal training and was belting it out all the time. Meatloaf, go listen to that guy try to sing at his age now. He has wrecked his voice. He cannot do it anymore. He just can't. He has ruined his voice. And if your livelihood is your voice, that's terrible. It'd be like me losing all my fingers simultaneously because yeah, I you, use those right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things. I mean, the voice acting stuff. I mean, uh, I think it was it was Brian Bloom, who uh, I don't know if you guys know him. He does a lot of Bioware yeah. stuff. Uh, yeah. He was talking about doing one of the I think he did one of the Call of Duty games or something. He, some game where he's, he's basically playing a shooter. And he talked about how he had to make a lot of noises. And that by the end of the session, he literally was, he went and gargled and spit up blood. Like, because he has to go, ah, 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 and you have to do this for hours and they have to do it really loud. Like, they'll go into a room and scream repeatedly into a microphone and then the guy in behind will go, yeah, that was great. But can you scream like more like you're being murdered? And then they have to repeat all this and they have to do it over and over again for like four hours. Yeah, the two hours thing is a good idea that that. Whatever you want to say about the rest of the contract, limiting those screaming sessions to two hours, yeah, that absolutely has to happen. I don't, because they, they actually try to schedule stuff on Fridays so they have the weekend to recover. Right. I don't know. I don't think this is comparable at all, but maybe it is. Uh, when I was a teenager, specifically during like the Halloween season, I worked at a haunted house. So I would be in oh, there. Oh, those are uh, brutal. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I would be in this haunted house and a lot of screaming and yelling because your job is to startle people and scare people. Or even if you're directing traffic, you have to be loud enough that they will go where you want them to go in the dark, even though they probably don't want to because they're terrified, but you have to keep traffic moving. Then that weekend, you do not have a voice anymore until the next weekend when you go back in again. Uh, and this is just a few hours, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, in a haunted house yelling for a bit, and you don't have a voice for the rest of the week until you have to go back. So if that's what voice acting is like when you have to make those grunting and screaming sounds all the time or being an orc. Yeah, that's pretty terrible. It's not even just that, too. I mean, one of the things uh, I was watching, there's a documentary called, oh, this documentary is basically about this, and I can't remember the name at the moment, but um, the the guy who does Bender's voice from Futurama basically did this documentary. Yeah. And it has a whole bunch of people. One of the things they were talking to, I forget who they were talking to, he's like a really old school one, and he's like, you know, people don't realize how much they don't talk in a day. 
Like you don't realize how quiet you are most of the time that you don't speak. This thing we're doing right now, where the three of us talk into microphones for an hour and a half. We don't do that all day. And we don't do that like five days a week. This is the right? most talking I do on any given day. Right. <laughs> so you, you uh, don't that, even know. That uh, documentary that you're talking about, that was, I know that voice. Yeah, thank you. Thank and you. it was um, John DiMaggio? Yes, John yeah. DiMaggio. That's the guy. Yeah, I think it's, it's still on Netflix. If you haven't seen it, you should go like watch it because it's really good. And John DiMaggio, by the way, you may not know this, but he's in a ton of video games. Like you don't realize it at first until you start really like playing a lot of video games. You know, he's not just he's not just Bender. He's Gears of War dude. Um, I think he's Dom, but I don't remember which one he is. Yeah. Mark, no, he's Marcus. He's Marcus. Marcus whatever. Phoenix. Yeah. He's he's one of the extremely swole gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, he, that's because he can do that with his voice and he can project it very easily. But it's like you do that for like four hours a day for a week straight. I mean, yeah, you your your larynx is hamburger by the end of it. So. There is there's this isn't just, you know, greedy people wanting more money. I, I know there is money involved. I know they want they do straight up want more money. We you always they want, do. one of the things they want is royalties, which Yeah, uh, which other actors get. Yeah, especially with you know, when you have games that are extremely narrative focused and it's very important that your protagonist has a skilled voice actor. And, and the contract is twenty years out of date. And they're not getting royalties, but somebody who would do a comparable performance in another industry definitely would be getting royalties. Yeah, I can see why they would have a problem with that. Yeah, I hope that they get this resolved. I really do. Because yeah, I don't want Jennifer Hale to stop doing video games. Maybe. Right. Well, and the thing is, is, I mean, even with World of Warcraft, every expansion that they come out with, they add in a little bit more voice acting and it just makes the game better. I'm sorry, but Jennifer Hale is in legion i know she does several voices i'm um, so excited about that <laughs> quite a few like every time I, I i actually will run black rock hold just to kill iliana ravencrest because i like the way she goes don't you know don't lecture me latosius and i'm like it's it's commander shepard <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> it's Shep. yeah um actually she sounds more like bastila but whatever there's there's quite a few very familiar voices throughout legion i love going through suramar and just listening to all the people talk because everybody in suramar has like these really distinctive cool voices and things like that but yeah it, it's one of those things where it's like it adds so much to video games and if you want to know what a video game would be like without voice actors go play like the old final fantasy games look i'm not ashamed to admit i have a crush on Veltois, and it's completely because <laughs> of her voice lines so <laughs> Oh, that's okay. I've fallen in love with so many, so many voices over the years. <laughs> I feel like, you know, without embarrassing myself by saying Fenris, I feel like we're done now and we can move on to emails. So, um, uh, before, before oh, you do, do a thing, I just, okay. I just, no, uh, I just wanted to quickly mention that I think it was just last night that Kespa, uh, the Starcraft Pro League announced last night they are disbanding. So okay. effectively the Starcraft two pro scene is pretty much dead. It's gone. Uh, and that kind of ties into my earlier. You know, I'm sad that StarCraft and Diablo have kind of sunk. And uh, StarCraft 2 Pro scene, that Kespa pulling out pretty much ends it. It's It's gone. It's dead. StarCraft is no longer the dominant eSport. It is questionably an eSport at all anymore. Uh, its support is gone. Yeah, it's pretty much been... It's been it hasn't been superseded over the past few years by League anyway. Yeah, uh, StarCraft 2... I mean, StarCraft 2 never actually... Uh, became more popular than Brood War. The the one that South Korea had been playing for like 20 years, 
they still preferred watching and playing that than StarCraft II. StarCraft II never took off the way the Blizzard hoped. Uh, it never got the support. And because it came along, it kind of cannibalized from Brood War. So now neither of them are all that popular anymore. Uh, it's essentially StarCraft the EverQuest, EverQuest 2 thing, yep. where EverQuest 2 took a lot of EverQuest audience. Yeah, and if people, it's surprising, but true, that a lot of people in the areas where this game is popular, like South Korea, they would have rather kept playing Brood War than played StarCraft 2. Uh, and then they have stuff like League of Legends and Dota 2 and, and all those kind of games came in and picked up the pieces that StarCraft dropped. Yeah, I feel like if you're looking at a game that might take over that role, I think it's basically Overwatch, quite frankly. Yeah. I think Ann said this, actually. I'm going to credit Ann because I'm pretty sure it was Ann who said this in chat in Slack the other day, and I'm stealing her idea. So I think, Ann, you said that, right? What? That Overwatch looked to be the most likely to take over that kind of competitive esport role. Um. Well, I didn't say that it was the most likely or anything. I said I'm wondering. I was wondering if Overwatch was going to step up in that place. Because it has, I mean, since its debut, it's been tremendously popular. I don't know if it's actually going to, like, fill that role entirely, but it's likely. I don't think that Heroes has really stepped up where it could be, no, you know? Heroes of the Storm has a small following that loves it. But... It is a devoted following, but it's not the size and scale of other games like Dota yeah. or League. I think it's it's like not even close to League and Dota. I think it's even behind games like Smite, which like probably very few people listening to this have heard of, and Heroes of the Storm is still behind it. Uh, if that tells you anything about Heroes of the Storm's numbers, yeah. Um, Overwatch is wildly popular, but whether it will be so as an esport, I think remains to be seen. That still needs to be kind of fostered. I think. Yeah. It hasn't quite gotten to that point yet, but but I mean. It's easily one of their most popular titles ever, so I could see it taking that kind of a role. Yeah. Okay. But at this point, I am going to move on to emails now since we've only got about 20 minutes left. Uh, If you have an email for the show, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. This week, you guys were really good about putting stuff in the subject lines and trying to keep them short. I appreciate it. Uh, It's very useful to us if you do that, and please continue. And as always... Any question about any Blizzard game you want to ask us, this show will take it. We're good on anything. So at this point, uh, Anne's going to read them for us. So thank you, Anne. Uh, yeah, first email is from Xanris from Thorium Brotherhood, who says, Hi, guys. What are your favorite race class combos? Maybe a combination is perfect because the race and class are thematically identical, or maybe there's just something about uh, race class that race x class y that does it for you bonus question what about race spec combinations when i think warriors especially fury warriors i think of orcs but when i think of prot warriors i picture a torn wall of steel in tier six with a bulwark of azanoth arms warriors aren't quite as distinct but spending a lifetime mastering weaponry and studying battlefield strategy and tactics seems like a very night elf thing to do love the show keep up the good work what do you guys think um the problem I have is that the classes in WoW are so generic, I don't associate anything with anybody. Uh, Night Elf Druids. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess. Um, That's that where I'm one. at with that I, one. <laughs> yeah, I always kind of go back to Warcraft 3. Like, who had paladins? Humans? Uh, priests? Well, they were Night Elf. Like, Night Elf priests in WoW are nothing like the priestesses of the moon in Warcraft 3. Uh, Warcraft 3 priestesses of the moon are very iconic and cool, and we don't get them in WoW at all. It's it's stuff like that. Like wow, they're mostly very generic, and uh, I I think of things elsewhere in the game world, like night elf, like wardens. You can't play a warden, but I see a warden, like yeah, that's a really cool night elf. What about you, Rossi? He's gone. Uh oh. 
No, I'm not going. Sorry, I forgot the push to talk thing. See, <laughs> this is. Um, I, I like. Obviously, it's going to be warriors mostly, but I will say for other race classes, just so I'm not just burying you in warrior stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think the only shamans I like are Draenei shamans. Oh, see, Draenei. I'm troll shaman all the way. I can't. I don't care about horde races much anymore. Like the horde is, <laughs> hordes ruined itself for me. Like the only horde I can even get into a torn anymore. I think, and even that I don't. And this isn't. This is nothing to do with like the, the races themselves are fine. Like I've played all of them. I had a. I had a like a an orc warrior for a while there. I, but torn are the only ones I can get into. It just is. But I think that a few of my at least a few of my decisions are based on that original trailer for World of Warcraft, like yeah, the original cinematic. Because like dwarves hunters. Absolutely. Um, and then Night Elves, Druids. Absolutely. And then I don't know about the others, but like, I know. I've known so many Night Elf hunters in my life that to me, Night Elves are hunters. That's yeah. Yeah. And I mean, maybe it's just a matter of that's what everybody around you is playing. I'm just thinking that like in terms of that original cinematic, that dwarf on the hill with the bear overlooking Ironforge. Yeah. That's just like iconic. That's an iconic piece of imagery that. Yeah. Okay. That's a dwarf. That's what dwarves do. They hunt things. And then, you know, you have the night elf running through the forest and boom, they're a panther. It's like, yeah, okay, that's cool. Um, I don't know if... I guess I associate, like, priests and WoW with either human females or night elf females. Just because I think that's what I played or people I raided with. Yeah. I mean, it's like human humans or... The Draenei also, like, really hit that whole priest aesthetic with me, but that's just because they're the whole Naru light thing. And they also paladins. Paladins, for whatever reason, the Draenei really hit yeah. the right spot with paladins for me. Um, even close to max level paladin is a Draenei. Yeah. yeah. And I can't think of any other, like, classes. Because, like, rogues? Rogues could be anything. Warriors, as far as I'm concerned, warriors can be anything. Um and yeah, then, but I will say this. Uh, as much as I agree with you that warriors can be anything, and in fact, that's the charm of warriors to me. Yeah. Um, human warriors, arms warriors to me. Just always have been. Because it's just a very, like that knight from Warcraft 3 uh-huh. fighting yeah. the orc. That knight in full armor with a sword just kind of going at it. Yeah. And I know, you know, that, that sword wasn't meant to be a two-hander, but it was usually just the sword. Like, you just see him in the full armor fighting that guy. That, to me, that's humans. Boom. Right there. Done. Discipline warrior. Yeah, we're done. Uh, Fury Warriors, yeah, I, I, I'll i give you orcs. Yeah, they're perfect. I think anybody can be a warrior and it makes sense. Prot, you know, Fury, whatever. But an orc with two axes going nuts, that's, that is the essence of orcs. I race changed my priest to a night elf priest this expansion because Legion made me really, really, really want to be able to be one of the Warcraft 3 priests of the moon. <laughs> like, I want that. Like, I can't have it, but having a night elf priest is as close as I can get to you it. You can get kind of close, but you can't get precise with it yeah. now. Which um, is weird. You know what am I doing with my night elf warrior? My, my female night elf warrior? Um, I'm getting all paladin armor for her because they put in a thing where a night elf joins the paladins. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you see that it... It's a story that both plays out over the priest class hall and the paladin class hall. It's cool. Yeah. They, uh, I think, I think, like I said, with druids, druids have always been night elves to me, and that's mostly because of Warcraft Three. And I mean, yeah. I will accept Torin as druids because they, you know, they were there from the onset of World of Warcraft. But in my head, anyway, the druids have always been night elves since you know back in Warcraft Three when they were introduced. So it's like. Well, 
that's what they're supposed to be. I mean, I like that there's other race class combinations out there and I love that there's variety and I love that particularly with the Worgen and the trolls, you know, they incorporated a bit of story with it. Same thing with, um, Torin, Torin paladins. I like that they introduced kind of a story to go with it to explain, you know, why they were doing what they were doing. But, um, shaman for me, shaman have always been trolls because Senjin, and the whole witch doc- doctor aesthetic kind of thing. And also, like, back in Vanilla, Horde was the only people that could be shaman. <laughs> it wasn't mm. until Burning, Burning Crusade yeah, exactly. was introduced on the other side. The first and, shaman I played was a Draenei because that's when they were available to me. Right. I didn't play Horde then. Right. And, I mean, I've been playing, like, I played an orc shaman for a while, and that felt pretty okay. But when I started playing a troll shaman, I was like, yeah, this is what it should be. <laughs> yep. It just I struck also... me right. I also considered race changing my warrior to a night elf because I wanted to like get as close as I could to playing a warden. But I was like, there's nothing in this game that could even get me close to like the warden aesthetic or skills or anything. There's no weapons like that. There's no armor like that. I can't even pretend. So I'll just stay a human warrior. See, I honestly feel like the closest you get to a warden would either be a warrior or a rogue. Yeah, they're kind of like a blend of the two because like Maiev in Warcraft 3 had that like Avatar of Vengeance ability they gave to Vala in Diablo and Heroes of the Storm, which is weird. Yeah. But yeah, none I mean, of that is true. in WoW at all. That's that is the thing. I mean, some of the like wardens and for instance, but I, I do think that uh we, we talked a lot like I I, I don't want to make people feel like I don't like the horde at all. And that's because that's not the case. I just don't like the story they keep getting and it keeps bugging me. But uh, I will say this. Um having played like Horde to do the uh we did we did the um Horde side beginning of legion stuff i remember we did it to the the broken shore and having done that they got the better broken shore in my opinion just the better cinematics and the better aftermath and Mm -hmm. uh i really like um blood elves right now um i I think they make good just about anything they can play but they're exceptional rogues they just look perfect as rogues both male yeah i love playing blood elf rogue The female blood elf stealth animation, like the sneaky stance, like oh, it's so good. It's, it's so awesome good. when they do like the crouch thing. That yeah. thing is the best. It makes everybody else look silly in stealth because they're not doing anything cool. The only, the only, um, the alliance side group that comes the closest, in my opinion, for rogues, is probably humans. Because of um, SI seven. Yeah, because of SI seven, and because humans just tend to look. Humans are very matter of fact in their animations. That's one of the things I like about humans in WoW is they've kept this. Humans do things in a very basic way. They don't. They're not a lot of elaborate flourishes to how humans do stuff. Um, this has been changed a little bit because now stuff is class based. Like yeah. your melee attacks are class based. They're not race based anymore. So now it's not. Now it's more like you know my rogue does things roguishly instead of my human does things in a human way. But they still kind of the stealth is still kind of the same, and for me that's the closest. Night elves look a little too, they're just too tall. I don't yeah. know. I Humans look it. like they're there to get a job done. Yeah, is how I'll describe and it. The way I play a dwarf, like there's so many. Like I haven't mentioned gnomes. We could be doing this all day, and there are other questions. So I'm gonna shut up at this point. But yeah, I mean I know we didn't really have like quite the question. Well, I we gave our input, so I think we did our best. Anyway. Next question is from Bomboso from Kill Jaden, who says, Hello, during the Light's Heart quest in the Exodar, at the very end, if you start to port out, guards start to come to Velen's aid. You have to cancel mid-port to hear the whole conversation. Velen says that they're leaving Azeroth for home. 
is Velen just dropping the mic and piecing out because his son was killed? Or do you think he's taking his people somewhere to play a bigger role in the Legion invasion? If he's leaving as the Draenei leader on Azeroth, could we see Urel come in and play a role as the new leader? Thanks, Mamboso. Well, he's not leaving just right away because we see him in various other things. Yeah, he's not. He's not like it's not an immediate <laughs> start the engine. We're out of here. <laughs> you know. And then the Exodar rose from the earth and buzzed away um, into the sky and we never saw it again basically that whole thing is a very contrived explanation for why after ten thousand years valen finally says okay let's fight these guys i don't think he's like abandoning ship or just like leaving the fight i think it's they came up with a reason for us to finally go fight the legion like on their doorstep and valen is going to take us there i assume yeah whatever that that situation, I mean, we mentioned already the priest and paladin stuff. That Velen's right in the thick of that. Yeah. Yeah. He, he shows up. He's not, if anything, he's more aggressively involved in this expansion than he has ever been, thanks to that moment. You, you see a lot more of Velen than you have in the past. Now, that being said, I would love if Yorel showed up. I would absolutely love it. I would love it if Yorel showed up and she and Divinus from the uh, Heartlight Heart thing yeah. for, formed a like team of paladin ladies who kick things butts. That would be great because, quite frankly, uh, they've lost a lot of Draenei paladins who kick butts at this point. And plus, I really feel like they, those guys owe us. We saved them from the Legion. It's your turn. Come save us from the Legion. It'd be like a nice trade-off. I mean, doesn't Urel even say something like, "If you need our help, we're here, and yeah, well, we need their help, and we yeah. didn't call her for some reason." She's not on speed dial. I don't know. Would I like to see her come back? Absolutely. I loved her. I thought she was great. Um, okay, well, moving on to the next question. War Ready asks, Hello, watchers. I'm hoping you've got some advice for me or anyone else who's in my predicament. I haven't been part of a raiding guild in a long time. The guild I'm in now is extremely casual and most members do not even enter heroic dungeons. My dilemma is that I leveled my Death Knight as blood. I really do enjoy it, but now I'm faced with the fact that I'm unable to get into a raid team. Before the expansion, the big thing was nobody wants a tank. So I decided to step out and level as a tank, thinking it was a sure way to go... A sure way in to go along with the fact that I've diligently studied boss mechanics for the current raid and have, in my opinion, mastered my rotation. Pug groups left an awful taste in my mouth last expansion. Now I wish I would have leveled Frost, Unholy, or stuck with my Rogue if I knew this was going to happen. I know I could start to level another artifact, but I really wanted to tank this go-around. I feel like I've exhausted my options on advertising my name. Any suggestions? Well, as much as I don't personally like using it, um, I think Alex has a point in that... Uh, the group finder is useful in this regard. Yeah. Uh, it, it, you can start your own groups um, and say we're going to X place and go to X place. It, it, that is one of the things you can do. I, I kind of see my problem is this is that every expansion except for the last one, because I kind of deliberately didn't do anything. Um, I always end up tanking. Like I start trying to DPS. Like I go in, I'm going to DPS this expansion and it never. No, I'm always tanking by the end of the expansion, no matter what I do. Uh, I honestly, so one of my suggestions to you is go ahead, level up that DPS artifact and start DPSing. And trust me, eventually you're going to end up tanking because if you can tank and you like tanking, you're always going to be somebody who burns out. Always. There's always going to be a tank who's like, I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, I haven't raided in a long time, but in my experience, it's kind of one of those promote from within kind of situations where uh, if they inevitably lose a tank, they're more likely to dig for a tank in their current roster and refill the new DPS, then have the tank in a 
for a tank is like by default kind of a leadership role. It's not necessarily that likely they're going to grab somebody out of the blue unless they have to. But if you're like, hey, I can DPS and tank, it might make it more likely that somebody's like, yeah, we can use you in the roster. Sure, we can use a DPS and a backup tank, no problem. Yeah, this has always been my experience for 12 years. Um, even when I've joined groups specifically saying I'm going to DPS, uh, there has never been an expansion where I have not ended up tanking by the end of it. It just, you know, eventually someone's going to burn out. When they, when they figure out you can tank and they don't have any tanks left, that's when that happens. Yeah, it's it always it always happens. It is uh, just every single expansion has happened. It's already happened this expansion. I've already tanked this expansion in raids. And I didn't even intend to. I leveled purely as arms. I didn't even level my prod artifact. I was like, oh yeah, we don't have a tank tonight. I'm like, alrighty then, I'll strap this thing on. I'm glad. Thank God I finally got relics for it. And yeah, that's so yeah. Just find a group that does needs a DPS player. Drop some cans on the floor. Uh, <laughs> you definitely did not just hear me spill soda. Uh, that didn't happen. Don't worry about it. We're okay. Is just you know, seriously. Okay. Yeah, it's, uh, it was not on my keyboard. My pants aren't as okay, but we're good. Oh, well then. As long as you just <laughs> you don't short out when you get wet. <laughs> no. <laughs> we hope so. Anyway. Okay, oh, yeah. so uh, I'm gonna call this one probably the last email because we're running out of time here. This is from Dorophobia, who's a beast mastery hunter from Dreadmall Oceanic. Uh, they said uh, they've got a question about demons. If if they don't die in our world, what's the point of killing them if that just allows them to consolidate their power in the Twisting Nether? If we had the chance, could we injure them or capture them to prevent their influence in the same way the Watchers held Illidan Stormrage just on a larger stage or draining their power to feed our own allied warlock, Warlock's power? That was I, I a assume... very long sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm very sorry about that. I assume we could, but it's hard to do when they're actively murdering you. Uh, you kind of yeah. need preparation, and we would probably run out of storage space. Well, I mean, like, if you look at the uh, Broken Shore, you've got, like, literally every demon ever on that place. Like, could we capture all these demons? It's a, that's a lot of them, and we don't really have a big net. I mean, you know, it's. I think to a certain degree, killing them allows them to go back and reform, but it, they're not here right now killing me right this moment. And yeah. the other thing is, is... Um... If we started imprisoning them, we would rapidly run out of space. I mean, you think that the void storage filled up really fast, like before the wardrobe? No, no. There's so many demons out there. There's, I mean, it's even mentioned when you go do uh, the quest for Light's Heart for the little, you know, Zira the Naru. One of the last quests that you do, you witness the moment that Illidan witnessed the actual, like, power of the Burning Legion. And he says you know that it's it's said flat out that the war of the ancients all of those demons that were coming through during the war of the ancients that was like the smallest fraction that was just like a little speck compared to the actual expansiveness of the burning legion itself and i mean let's consider uh azeroth's or just the track record of prisons in this universe in general uh, they don't okay? go over so good stockades <laughs> didn't work out Tolbarad didn't work out. Violet Hall didn't work out. And it didn't work out the second time around either. Uh, Architraz, that went wrong. Are there any prisons that went right in Azeroth? Vault of the Wardens, that went real wrong. And then you've got like Olduwar. <laughs> there we Olduwar go. Olduwar went Olduwar, really bad. Real bad. I, I feel like we need to point out that Tolbarad, um, no, I mean, I'm sorry, the, the Violet Hold, actually went wrong three times because it went wrong in Warcraft 3. Oh, yeah. 
and then it, it went was wrong. Warcraft and... three, and then it was. I mean, man, why do they even try to imprison people in that city? Because it never works. It well, never that, works. That even imprisoning standing outside, like face palming, like they gave her an actual face palm animation. Like, why do we keep keeping prisoners in the middle of our city? They didn't listen. It this is the stupidest again. place for a dungeon ever. <laughs> like the stockades where basically they couldn't even contain a bunch of dudes in their underwear and some gnolls. Not <laughs> let's not not demons and horrors from beyond infinity. Just some gnolls and some dudes in their underwear. We couldn't even stop those guys from breaking out. Frat but party gone horribly wrong and we couldn't yeah. keep it in- contained. It's like, you know, I can't even contain Broicus, but we're going to hold Archimonde here. Yeah, that's going to work. I, I think, honestly, killing them is probably the best, most Azerothian solution. Yes, they can come back later, but at least they're dead right now. I think I think that's about right. Alex, what about you? Any final thoughts on that? Pr- uh, prisons don't work in Azeroth. Don't imprison <laughs> anything. Never even try. Just kill everything. Kill everything and everyone. Kill the them or find them. Right. Rocks fall, everyone dies. Kill That's them or the possibly, possibly have a fine, I guess, you know, you can like find, uh, even it's like funny, even things you kill, like we've killed Hogger so many times and the dude ended up being in a prison riot. It's like, I killed him first and then he ended up in prison. This doesn't even make any sense anymore. Apparently killing him in the woods didn't, didn't work well enough. They had to send somebody to actually arrest him. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Well, that wraps us up for emails. Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. And your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much, Ann. This has been the Blizzard Watch podcast. Uh, again, if you want to send an email to us, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Uh, we like to get emails on pretty much any subject. Just put podcast or Blizzard Watch podcast in the, the subject line, and that will help us out to know which show you want it for. And this has been the show. Thank you very much for listening, and we will see you next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.